welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. A time to hear God's word is a time to be visited. May you receive a visitation as you listen to this message. Be blessed. For some time now, I've been talking about the fact in Romans chapter 7, how the laws. So we spoke about the law of God, and then we spoke about, I mentioned the law of God, and I mentioned the law of my members, and then I mentioned um, the law of good, the law of sin, okay, and the law of my mind. So the law of God, the law of sin, which is the law of my members, and then the law of my mind, and then I spoke about the law of the spirit of life. Then I came back to mention verse 21, chapter 7, that the, the law that is present, that when I want to do good, I find out that there's a law present in me. So I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. These are all laws. So when the law of God was given, the law of my mind wanted to do it. But there is this law of my members, which the law of sin would not allow me to do the law of God. So human beings, are, as a speciality, is breaking the law of God. We, it's, it comes naturally. There is the law of metabolism. That when you eat, the law of metabolism requires that the food is processed and the nutrients are absorbed by through the intestinal walls. So it's assimilated into your bloodstream, which is circulated in your body as energy. And if it's too much, some is stored as fat, which make people fat. So fat comes from fat comes from too much eating. Eating eating more than your body is processing. Some of you you might not be eating too much but your metabolism so the solution is to cut down <laughs> your intake is a law it's called the law of metabolism how food is processed so naturally when we say something is natural we are talking about the workings of a certain law so when you take, let's say, you drink alcohol, naturally, a lot of intake of alcohol produces something in you, which is drunkenness, because a lot of alcohol has got into your system than your system can handle. So naturally, alcohol produces intoxication. Naturally, when people keep taking cocaine, and drugs, they become hooked on it. It's, it's nature. So 
all the developments and some things that happen and the way their their look changes. And it's by nature. And another way of saying something is natural is saying it's a law. So by nature, you can never demand bananas from an apple tree. By nature, an orange tree cannot produce grapes because naturally it has not got the grape life. So it's the grape life that produces grapes. Orange life of a tree is what produces orange. Is the the life the cat's life in a cat is what makes it like meat, milk, and rats. Yeah. So when you see a rat, you run. When a cat see a rat, a rat it's, a, it's a meals on wheels. So it's the it's the life. Is the, every life comes with a certain law. That's when we talk about natural. Something is, it is just natural with um, a human being. It's natural with a man to react based on what he sees. On a woman is law. Yeah. Law. So every life comes with a law. And we found out in Romans that there is this law in our members that does not allow us to be the kind of people we have to be as long as approach and relating to God is concerned. Because God is a holy God and for us to relate with him, there is a certain standard of holiness we must adhere to. But unfortunately, that standard of God does not come natural. So when he gave us his law, it complicated matters. Because now the law of God, the standard of God was given to us. Those laws were based on the letters. Old Testament law written on letters of stone. So it was written and given to us and when it was given to us, that law by Moses given to us makes a demand from us, doesn't give us anything, but makes a demand. Does that make sense? Laws make demand. So the speeding law makes a demand on your speed limit. Don't do this. The laws make that. So God gave us his law because they said to Moses, tell God, whatever he tells us, we will do it. Whatever I tell us to do it, they say, okay, here you are. This is my standard. And it made them look worse. Bible says that the law entered that sin might abound. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. The law entered that sin might increase. Sin might abound because there's no way any human being by nature will be able to keep laws of God. The laws of God, I mean. So what did God do? Romans 8 comes in. Romans 8 is one of the finest chapter for the new believer or in the book of Romans. The book of Romans 
was written, written to Gentile believers. When you hear the word Gentiles, I've said it, but there's nothing wrong to repeat it. When you hear the word Gentiles, you are talking about people who are not Jews. Okay, so Jews and Gentiles. Jews, so people who are not Jews were Gentiles. However, when Jesus came, the curtain was torn, and now Gentiles can also be accepted in the beloved. In other words, can be called the, the, the people of God. Peter posted this, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. First Peter 2 to 8 and 9. So, Gentile believers, Hebrews, oh, sorry, Romans was written to Gentile believers. And the focus of Romans was about how God, the purpose of Romans, how God takes sinners and makes them the sons of God. Takes sinners, makes them the sons of God and constitute them to be the body of Christ on earth, which has an expression in the local church. So, all believers are body of Christ. But the ex physical expression of the body of Christ on earth is the local church. That's why everybody must be part of a local church. So, that's Romans. Believe it. Hey, sinners turn into sons of God. Wow. For God so loved the world that he gave his only monogenes, only begotten son. When Jesus, before he went on the cross, from heaven he came, he's the only begotten son. But now, after the resurrection, he became the firstborn son. Amongst many brethren. <laughs> God's objective was to make us sons. But there was, it looks like there was, God had a bigger agenda. Listen to this very carefully. It looks like God had a bigger agenda above just forgiving us our sins. It's, it's, forgiveness of our sins is just the starting point. But why would God forgive your sins? For, for what purpose? Is it because you are a nice person? Because he's merciful to you? Not just that. He also has an agenda now. God has a purpose. So God's purpose is not just look at humanity who is suffering and said, okay, I will die for you and forgive your sins. For what? For you to just live, live life. No, no, there must be an agenda. God has always had a purpose from the beginning before he created man. He has an agenda from the beginning before he created man. And then when he created man, sin entered. And when sin entered, that's what we call the fall happened. And when the fall happened, man had to be restored to where he fell. And that is the God had to put in a recovery program. Now when your car breaks down, recovery program called redemption. So to redeem back, to buy back a fallen man to where originally he was supposed to be for God's purpose to be fulfilled. So now that we have to think more about the purpose of God just than the recovery program. Do you understand that? One day I was going to Heathrow and I was driving my Ford Focus and it showed that there was some problem before, but I went anyway. And 
the clutch got spoiled, so it disengaged the clutch on the M25. It's not, I didn't say the brake, please. I said the clutch. <laughs> so you can't change the gears. It will work again, and the car will not move anymore. So it just came to a halt, and I parked by the side. And at that time, I didn't believe in all this AA. And they want to just take my money. That's the day I found out the value of. But I had to call recovery. They came and picked me and picked us, both of us, and picked the car. And then we are sitting in the recovery lorry and then took us to somewhere. <laughs> you know, took us somewhere. So at least they helped us to continue our journey, not to the airport. We are going to pick up my briefing. Not to the airport, but to the station where the car can be brought back. That's recovery. So God forgives us our sins so that we can come back to him, back on track. And now let's get, let's get on business. So what is the business? So it's not so much about God forgiving us our sins and not God wiping our sins. There's a bigger agenda of God, which is important. Now, the scripture I read, I want to jump straight to the verse 10. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. It says that, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After this, says the Lord, I will put my law in their mind. And, I'm sorry, I'll put my laws in their mind and I'll write them on their hearts and I'll be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. This is quotation from Jeremiah. It takes the Bible to explain the Bible. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 Behold, the days come and say the Lord, I will make a new covenant. Say a new covenant. New covenant. Say a new covenant. new covenant. It's interesting how God in Jeremiah under the old covenant started saying, I'm going to make a new covenant. The old covenant was established on the old promises. What is a covenant? A covenant is stronger than a promise. When God makes a promise, he means it. But when he now swears that this promise I've said, on, I'm going to, he swears by himself. Now it's no more just a promise, but it has become a covenant. So every covenant has promises inside it. A promise that has, has a, a signature back in it has become a covenant, like a contract. Do you understand that? And now when the covenant... When it's a covenant, so a covenant is I've committed myself that this promise, okay, I said I'll give you 100 pounds every week. That's a promise. And then I sign. <laughs> you should have said the amen long ago. <laughs> then, then I sign a document that says I will do that. Now that becomes a contract. So in God's term, it's a covenant. So the covenant says I'll do. Now, when I, I, I then die for what I've promised that I've bequeathed you. Now, that's not a covenant. That's a will. Now, the Greek word for covenant and will is the same. The Greek word. So, there is the testament. When it's a testament, it's a will. Now, testament, testament goes further than a covenant. 
A covenant is promises that have an oath behind it that God said, I will do it. A, a testament, is a, a will is something that has already been, you don't have to do anything, it has been a, a will. You are, you are, let's say you are poor, and then your uncle is a billionaire. He dies and wills everything to you. Within the next day, you, have, you don't have, you just, you have become a billionaire. Yeah. Overnight. A will can change your status overnight. And you can't change it. A will is a covenant where it, which has been turned into um, an asset. Like, it has been bequeathed to you. You don't now have to do anything. It's there now. It has just been secured and now it's yours to take. So, the New Testament believer is in far better position than the Old Testament believer. And then he says that the days are coming when I'll make a new covenant. Say a new covenant. New covenant. Say a new covenant. new covenant. In Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 40, it speaks about a covenant that he will make. God, a covenant that God will make. I will make an everlasting covenant. God is a covenant-making God. And in the book of Matthew chapter 26 Verse 28, Jesus said, this is the new covenant. Communion. This is my blood of the new covenant. Luke chapter 22, verse 20. This is my blood of the new covenant. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. This is the cup. So he says that this cup is the new covenant. So the new covenant that God said, I will make, it was actually enacted with the blood of the lamb. The blood of Jesus. That's why he said, Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So the new covenant was his, his blood. When he shed his blood, that was when the new covenant was enacted. The new covenant was enacted with the shedding of the blood. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I like that one. It says that, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not on letters, but of the spirit, not of the letter, of the letter, but for the letter killed by the spirit. In the Old Testament, it was based on letters. But in the New Testament, it's based what? This covenant that he has made is based on the spirit. Now, Romans 8 talks about there's now therefore no condemnation. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The spirit of life. You're talking about a certain kind of life. I told you about life. Life comes with a law. Every life comes with the law. Oh, yes. Every life comes with what? Law. Every life comes with the law. The reason why a girl is growing, is growing, is growing, is growing, and sometimes she grows to be 30, and her voice is still treble, soprano. And a guy is growing, growing by 30 in his basis. Hello, hello. It's this law of life. It's, it's law of life. They can change some things in your body, but you are still. The law of a female life is there. The law of a male life is there. I can do so much plastic surgery, but still the law. It's the law. It's, 
you have female life. You have male life. And the life comes with the law. So, so the law of life. Every life comes with law. And now, we hear Romans chapter 8 verse 2 that for the law of the spirit of life. So what, this spirit is the spirit of life. You are talking about the spirit comes in the spirit that gives us the life. And, and that life comes with the law. Now, what I'm teaching is very important. That life comes with the law. It's natural. Doing certain things. I, I, you know, I used to wonder. I used to wonder. What, what is the instrumental cause of a change of behavior in someone who is genuinely born again? It's not a matter of decision. It's not decision. The decision is to accept Christ and receive that life. By Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says that, uh, verse, verse four, because we are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his sons into our heart which cries. There is something that has been installed in you. It's called life. And because of that life, every life comes with a law. The law manifests through tastes, through desires, through behaviors. It's a law. So when you see a Christian behaving a certain way, you, a religious person, will also start behaving that way. But his behavior is based on the law of life. Whilst yours behavior is based on letters. It is that law of life that sets us free. Before, because Romans chapter 7 ends by talking about, oh, wretched man that I am. Who, verse 23, who will deliver me from this body? This body of death. This body that has housed death. Because I find that when I want to do good, me who wants to do good? Evil is just present. It's, it's like, it's not far. It's always present when I want to do good. So that becomes a problem. This law, natural law, that comes with my natural life, doesn't give me the privilege and the ability to be able to say no to some things and overcome some things. But it says, thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. There's for now, there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of, oh, why is that no? Because the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. For, for the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin. There is a law holding me. But for once, I've received a certain nature. I've, I've received I've received a nature, and that nature comes with the law. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That is where Christianity stems from. Stems from the life of God in a person. Not set of rules that we follow. We are not, that's why you don't need a commandment. You know the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not. That's why I said, let no one bother you with laws. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. You don't need that. Why? Because there is a law of life already inside you. That gives you 
what it takes to live the life of God. You see some people praying and you feel like, oh wow, I even want to pray. You are wanting to pray. Where did it come from? The law of life inside you. You begin to read the Bible and it's different from when you, before you became born again. You're in church and you feel, I just feel at home. Feel at home. Where did that come from? Catch a fish. Put you on the land. You see, jumping, jumping, jumping. Throw it back into the water. I said, now I'm at home. Where does it come from? Meanwhile, you put a bed in water is a problem. Because it has not got the, la- the, the, the law of the, the life of the fish. It's got the life of the bed. And the fish, you bring it out, it can fly. It has not got that life. You can, you can put artificial feathers like they are doing in the hospitals. Put artificial feathers on a fish. It can fly. <laughs> Get the top surgeons to change all the internal stuff that make a fish a fish and put feathers and put all kinds of things and give them some claws and they can still fly. At the end of the day, the fish will actually have mental health problems. Because, yeah, because, it, no, yeah, because now it can't fly. Watch this. Now it can't fly and now it can't swim properly in the water. Because you have cut, you have cut the tail and the things and the, uh, what do you call the gills? Yes, you've, you've changed the gills into into feathers or the scales into feathers. So now it needs a me- me- mental health attention. Can't fly and now can't swim the way I want to. I'm not enjoying me swimming. And then you call it civilization. Life comes with a law. That's what is called nature. Or in Nigeria, we say natural. Yeah, they say it better than those who have been saying natural. Natural is natural. It's raw nature. Natural. Raw nature. (laughs) So, now the text I just read. He said, I'm going to make a new covenant. What's, what's the new covenant based on? He said, I'm going to make a new covenant with them, saith the Lord. That Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. He says that, behold, no, 33, but this is the covenant that I will make, I said nature covenant, I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put, I'll put my law in their mind. It's putting a law in us. I'm putting my nature because of the life. I'm going to give them this life. I used to, I used to wonder what's the meaning of this scripture. Because it says that, and write on their heart, and I'll be their God. And Look at the Hebrews version. Hebrews chapter 8. It is, we're talking about Romans 8 has life, law of life. Hebrews 8 has also come up with this law. Just called the law. It didn't say the law of life, but it's, it's the same thing. Because to put something in you for it to work with your life, if you are alive, that thing must be organic. Anything that, it must have life. It must have life. Because you can't introduce something that doesn't have life into a living thing for it to work with a person. 
So when he said, I'll put my law, he's not talking about thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. He's talking about my, my life. I will said for the, this is the covenant that the new covenant Jesus came to make. This is the covenant that I will make, that I, I, I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Is that not what has happened to the new believer? Yes. New Testament believer. And look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. It says that none of them shall, be, uh, shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. I, I used to ask, are you saying we shouldn't teach it? This thing, this kind of life, it comes so deep that people don't even have to tell you not to fornicate. You will not, you will not have to be told, don't lie. The law of life that has been put in you is the nature of God. And you should, do you know why the, 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 the dog's back? Because it's the, they have a the dog life. They have a dog life. The, the reason why the lion roars, he has a lion's life. So when you have orange life, the tree has orange life, it produces orange. When, you, when the, the dog has uh, the dog life, it will back. Lion life, it will roar. When he has um, uh, 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 a, 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 a life of a cat, it will just catch rats. It comes, the life is what, so if you have the life of God, you begin to reflect God. It, see, you, no one will tell you do it. It comes, oh, come on, that's what I'm trying to say. You don't get, you don't have to be told. There is something already inside you. Is that this is this Christianity thing? It's not about the religious approach to life and, and then my persuasion. Like no, this this Christianity thing is actually the life of God. Yes. The, it says He has made us partakers of the divine nature. Second Corinthians, Second Peter, chapter chapter one, verse three and four. It says that according as is. He has given us, by which he has given us exceeding great and precious promises that through these we might be, be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the true last. There's corruption, but we have escaped it. Because it is only the believer that can live God's life. That can live, that can exhibit the life of God. Why? It is not about, I believe Bible, I'm just believing. Listen. That's what I'm saying. That God didn't call us just to forgive us our sins. That's Noah. That's Noah. He didn't call us just to, to, he said, and I'll remember their sins and iniquities. I'll remember no more. That is not the main thing. That's not the main thing. He, he called us so he can give us his life. So we can be his body on earth. That's what we are. If you are genuinely saved and you, you understand the life of God, you will, never, you will never take for granted the value of church. He said, I'll give them my life. That's why we are saved. We are saved so we can be partakers of the divine nature. <laughs> and this divine nature that has been, that's why it says that God has sent for the spirit of his son into us, which Christ, Abba Father, you, you, you have the sense, it comes with a taste of the things of God. Why? It's not like now you are trying. Some people are 
try to come to church to try to behave church. To try to behave church. Try to behave Christian. Christianity is not a behavior. It's natural. Uh, It's natural. It's natural. It's the nature of God that has been worked into a human being. Oh, hallelujah. And when you read Jeremiah, he says that I will put my law. Singular, singular. I'll put my law. I will put my law. But when he came to Hebrew, he said, he quoted Jeremiah and made it laws. He said in Hebrew, he said, I will put my laws. When you become born again, the spirit of God dwells in you. Ooh, you, you, this is what it means. You are the dwelling You are the habitation of God. I thought on this, the habitation. God has always wanted a habitation on earth. Oh, yes. So when you are born again, you are the habitation of God. In in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, he said, if the spirit of God dwells in you, kind of a shadow, I see. He said, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells, that's living in you. Habitation. See, I'm the habitation of God. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, he said that Christ will dwell in your heart by faith. Christ will dwell. He settles. But now, what it is, is when you are born again, the spirit of God comes into your spirit man. And the spirit man is the center of you. But you are tripartite. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you are a body. And now, that spirit, the law of the spirit, the the spirit of life, the spirit of life who has entered your spirit is dwelling in your spirit as the center of your being and then we have to, as you read your Bible, fellowship and grow in the Lord begins to spread to affect other aspects of your, your heart. Is your mind. So your mind, you are talking about your will, you are talking about your emotions, all that. The spirit is spreading from your spirit into your heart, into your mind, into your... So now, that's why I said we have the mind of Christ. So your emotion begins to get affected. So now, in your emotion, the spirit of, the law of the spirit of life beginning to have an expression in your emotions as a certain law in your emotion, as a certain law in your mind, as a certain law in your, your, your will. So you realize that it's not just what, the law is in your, your spirit, but now it's a law in your mind. It's a law. So there are laws. They, he said, I'll put my law. My, oh, I feel like preaching. I'll put my laws. I'll put my laws in their mind and write it on their hearts. And I'll be their God and they shall be my people. That's what Christianity is about. It's about the nature of God being lived out in a human life. <laughs> So it's not like we are forcing, we are trying. You try and go and fornicate. 
if you are genuinely a believer and see how it doesn't work. It doesn't gel. It's not because of the preaching. The preaching just brings the word of God alive. But it doesn't gel. I've said this story of a gentleman in secondary school days. Came to me, he said, he had a certain preacher saying, masturbation, there's nothing wrong with it. And he tried it. Now he has, no, the, and like, illumination. So it's not about conscience anymore. He said, any time he does it, he feels so low in his spirit. It's not his mind. His mind feels fine. But something, he said, because there's a spirit in man, the inspiration. Oh, my God. Christianity is a spiritual life. It's not set of rules. It's above that. It's above set of rules that we are trying to obey. It's a life of God in us that produces the law of God. That's why when, when I get upset with my wife, because maybe she says something I didn't like or something I didn't like, the law of God does not allow me to continue I can't be in fellowship with God and his life is alive in me and go a certain way and have for unforgiveness. And I, I can never forgive you. I can never forgive you. No, that is not natural with a Christian. Now you are living in the flesh and so you are living like an unbeliever. But you are not living according to the life of God because it's the life of God that comes with the Lord that sets you free. From the law of sin. The unbelievers don't have a choice. But the, the, but the believer, you also don't have a choice to go that way. <laughs> if you go there, then you are walking in disobedience. And you are actually, you are actually making the, the life of God in you very uncomfortable. It's like you, you are catching a bed and putting it underwater. Swim, swim. That is why you are not free when you do something, so you go someplace as a believer. There's something has entered you. It's the life of God. And it comes with the law of life. He said, it's a come to pass. In the last day, says the Lord, I'll make a new covenant. The new covenant Jesus spoke about is this covenant where I will put my law in their heart. Did you receive something? Give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. When we got born again, we said, I've got his spirit and his nature and ability. I've got the life of God in me. I've got his spirit, I've got his nature, I've got his ability, I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. It's not just a religious approach to life. It's not a set of things I've just come to believe, so I've changed. No, God's life has come into me. When Christ is in me, he said he becomes my life. The life, we have life. We have the life of God. 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 Shout out God and life of God. So when I 
when I die, I'm just going to be with him. Paul said to be absent in the flesh is to be present. Why? Because I'm going back to my life. It's just my life. It's my life. It's my life. That's where we talk about heaven. Heaven is not like God is trying to favor you. It's a believer just going back to his life. His life. So heaven is not a reward for the believer. It's not a reward for the believer. It's homecoming. For the It's reunion with my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. The best thing that can happen to you is being exposed to the Word of God. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. You can also find more information about Caris Church and our upcoming services by visiting caris.org. Be blessed.